Hi guys, welcome back to Don't Mind the Mess. If you're wondering where the heck I've been, I am really, really sorry. I came down with a cold and I tried to record this episode a few days ago, but I sounded like I was speaking with a peg clipped onto my nose and it sounded terrible. So I trashed it and thought I would come back and record when I'm feeling a bit better. And also just thought I would put it out there nice and early on that I am going to be moving to fortnightly releases with my episodes just because it's getting a little bit hectic with life getting busy now that my uni's back and got a new job, which is pretty fun and trying to maintain everything else in life. Um, podcasting is something I love doing and I love releasing this content. I love sitting here and having a chat, but it is not a top priority of mine. This is just a hobby and an outlet and something that I do to keep myself accountable and also to help you on your personal development journey. And as much as I wish it was my top priority, it's just not. So I apologize in advance, but I hope you can understand. Anyway, on today's episode, um, it's a really personal one, to be honest, and it's personal because it's a lot of a recount from a personal trip that I did overseas, and it's also something that I've been getting a lot of questions about over the past couple of years from friends, family, people that I don't even know, to be honest, um, people on my socials, and I thought that now is going to be a really great time to talk about it in a lot of detail because I've spoken to so many people about it and I've kind of given the same story, but just in varying levels of detail. But I think I'm really keen to dive into this a lot on this episode. And what I'm going to be talking about is uh, personal experience of mine when I ventured to Cambodia for two weeks and taught in rural schools in a town called Badenbong, which is approximately three hours out from the center of Cambodia and the city center, which is Siem Reap. So I spent two and a half weeks in Badenbong living with other volunteers and my sisters, which uh, I know a few of them listen into this podcast. So if you are listening in, um, they're probably going to be nodding their heads and laughing and reacting to everything I'm going to say about this story and my time in Cambodia. And I'm sure that they can relate and will agree with me on everything I'm going to say. But um, I'm super keen to talk about this because as I said, I've gotten so many questions about it along my journey and it's impacted me so much and it's provided me with such an incredible perspective on life that I just really want to share with you and I hope that you're going to connect with it as well. I think the first question that I get asked a lot with this is what the heck inspired you or motivated you to like pick up by yourself, travel overseas, by yourself to a third world country and volunteer. It's not something that a lot of people do, but something that I think that everyone should do in their life at some point for the reasons reasons I'm going to talk about later on in the episode. But that's literally the first question I get every time I bring up, oh, like, yeah, I've been to Cambodia. And everyone's like, what the heck have you done in Cambodia? Um, I didn't really have an inspiring moment or a pivotal shift in my life where I was like, you know what, I'm going to go do this volunteer trip. I, it wasn't anything like that for me. It was actually quite 
it wasn't dramatic like that. It was more so I was working in an accounting firm at the time and it was in line with my career and where I thought I wanted to go. And yeah, thought is the word here because it's not where I am right now. But I spent a lot of my time Googling and booking in holidays and doing all that when I should have been auditing people's businesses. And I spent a lot of that time just looking online and typing in random holiday destinations. And I previously went on a lot of holidays for myself and something in my mind just, you know, wished through and was like, maybe I should go on a holiday more so to help people and to do something nice for someone else and for the community without, um, making it about sipping cocktails by the pool in Bali or, um, going overseas to Europe and living it up in Paris and Rome. And although that's really nice and although that I've done that before, I had this kind of call and this really subtle gut feeling from my intuition telling me that I needed to go and do this. And I didn't know why. And at the time I didn't really understand it. I was just kind of doing my research. And I remember it was about October, 2019, and I was researching about it a lot. I kept getting these advertisements on Instagram because I was researching and the whole algorithm thing. And I ended up doing so much research to the point where I was like, you know what, this is actually going to be a bloody good trip. And it's something so different. It's something so out of my comfort zone, but my gut just told me that it was the right thing to do. So there I was booking this overseas trip completely by myself. And yeah, that's how I got there. So it wasn't really a, you know, I didn't really have a downfall in my life. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to pick myself up and go overseas. Like it wasn't anything dramatic like that. It was just this real subtle, like a little push in the back from my intuition and from my gut. And someone was just pushing me in this direction being like, you know what, go do this. It's going to change your life. And that it did. But anyway, the point of this podcast episode is not about how I got there and everything. It's actually about what happened when I was there and what I saw and how it shifted my perspective on life in the most phenomenal way. But what I thought was most inspiring and incredible to witness being a at the time, a 20, what was I? I was 20 years old. Yeah, I was 20 years old, really fortunate person to live in Melbourne. I've got a roof over my head. I've got an incredible family, incredible friends, and I'm so lucky and so privileged. What I noticed when I got there was how grateful, how fulfilled, and how resilient these Cambodians are. It was honestly inspiring when you look around and see what they have and what they don't have compared to my life personally. Um, For some context, they burn rubbish on the side of the road. They have no real form of recycling. Their technology and advancements is extremely poor. They don't have any form of structure in their environment and the way that they recycle and there's pollution everywhere. There's power lines 
bunched up really close to your head and someone, you know, so low that if you are tall enough, you hit them. And it just, I'm actually getting emotional thinking about it right now. Um, I worked a lot in schools and for the context of their education system, um, I know probably most people listening have had a pretty good education at some point in their life. And just to put that into context for you in Cambodia, children only receive half a day's worth of schooling at a government school. And if they're lucky enough and if their family is um, can support these children, they're able to go to a supplementary education centre for the second half of the day. Um, I was fortunate enough to teach at both of those schools when I was there for the two weeks. But just to put some perspective into their education system, schooling is not a priority in a sense. I think that everyone wants to go to school, but whether they can afford it or whether they can get their kids there for whatever reason is another story. The classrooms at the government school that I worked at they didn't even have carpet on the floor. It was rubble, dirt. Um, sorry, I'm getting emotional right now. But it's yeah, rubble, dirt. Their windows, they don't have glass on their windows. It's just open with some wire. Their desks are wood. They're lucky to even be standing up straight. Some of them were wobbly some of them were broken. The wood wasn't painted. It was just raw wood that was worn out and looked tired. They had blackboards, but they didn't even have any chalk to write on the blackboard. It was a matter of us bringing the chalk for them to use. And it was most likely used up by the time we finished our class. So for the rest of the day, they probably had no chalk. They had minimal resources around them. They had a library, but it didn't have many books. Their classrooms, the extent of the resources that they had in that room was uh, alphabet up on the wall with a couple of words under each letter. And that was about it. Their playground was barely working. Um, They had a seesaw, they had swings. It was hanging on by a loose bolt and their seesaw wasn't working at the school hours that I remember. It needed a paint. It was completely run down. But I think what inspired me about this was the fact that they did not care in the slightest. Those kids did not care about what was around them. They did not care about the fact that their swing was broken or that their seesaw didn't work properly. And that was the most inspiring thing. And you know what it makes me wonder? I think the inspiration for this episode, it made me wonder what the heck do they do that makes them so happy? Because when you look around at what they've got, and if I had to compare that to what I've got, um, there's a lot different and that's okay. It's not a matter of comparing here in a negative way. It's just more like putting yourself in that context and putting yourself in their lifestyle and immersing yourself in their culture. 
really hits home and really makes you think, what are they doing every day that makes them so happy with the life that they've got? Because I saw it every single day. I saw the happiness, the pure joy. It wasn't something that was fake and artificial and was put on. It was genuine and it radiated. And I want to know what the heck they do. I want some of that happy pill. I want some of that level of fulfillment. And I think, you know what? I don't think, I know coming from this volunteer trip, I know that their level of life satisfaction is a lot higher than mine for that matter. Funnily enough, just before recording this episode, I was actually eating dinner with my family at the dinner table and we always have the news on. Well, I hate having the news on at dinner. It's all negative, but my mom loves having the news on while we're eating dinner, the six o'clock news. And towards the end of the news segment, they were talking about suicide statistics and mental health statistics and depression statistics. And I thought how relevant to this episode because there is no lie in the fact that there are rising statistics with mental health and with that mental health awareness. There's also rising numbers with suicide and depression. And whilst I think that there are so many factors that obviously go into these statistics and I'm totally aware of that. You know, we've got COVID at play and a lot of other things, which I'm not disregarding, but I definitely think that statistics don't lie because I took it into my own hands to do a little bit of research and to compare life satisfaction and suicide in Cambodia compared with Australia and other third world countries. And from my research, in 2019, Australia recorded 10.39 deaths per 100,000 people. Uh, Canada recorded 11.01 deaths per 100,000 people. And Cambodia in 2019 recorded 5.12 deaths per 100,000 people. And that's also similar to another third world country that I picked, which was Myanmar, 3.56 deaths per 100,000 people. Now, I know that there are so many factors that I haven't mentioned and that I am sure are prevalent in these statistics, such as, um, you know, the ability to record the data and a lot of other things. So I'm not getting too into detail about this, but to support this whole episode, I thought that it wasn't actually that surprising that Cambodia had a lower death rate from suicide than what we do in Australia in 2019. But anyway, I, I've been doing a lot of reflecting about this and this reflection goes on daily. I still reflect on Cambodia to this day and it happened over two years ago now. And I'm sure the girls listening, my girls who are like my sisters, my Cambodia sisters, I'm sure that they're probably sitting here thinking, heck yeah, I reflect on this every day too. But I reflect on what it is that they do over there in Cambodia, in their lifestyle, in their culture that makes them so fulfilled. And as I was talking to you before about the rising rates in mental health, in suicide, depression, um, I 
want to know if there's an answer and I'm not sure if my answer is the right answer to this question, but I've put a lot of thought into it and I thought, let's get the cogs turning with this. I think the first thing I noticed when I was there is that they are so bloody grateful for the life that they have and the things around them. And I know that gratitude gets thrown out a lot on social media and with therapists. And I use a gratitude practice myself every single day. So I definitely am supporting gratitude practice, but their form of gratitude is a little bit different to what I personally do. They express their gratitude every single day and for the absolute most little things. So for example, every day when we taught at the schools in Badambong, they would end the class by saying, thank you, teacher. Goodbye, my friend. I love you. And they would sing it in like this gorgeous little song and they would sit there with their hands praying and they would look at you in the eyes and pour their heart out to you and express their gratitude from the bottom of their heart. And I noticed that from day one and a lot of the other volunteers also commented on that the fact that they were just able to sit there and pause and express their gratitude for us volunteers helping them in their day but also it's not just that it's the fact that they're actually at school it's the fact that they may have learned even the smallest thing, but they're expressing gratitude for that. And it's the fact that we made their day, even if it was only for a few hours in their day. And when I think about if this happens in my world, my day-to-day life, I work at a secondary school at the moment and half of my students that I work with run off as soon as the bell goes and they don't even look back and they don't even look twice at you. I'm lucky to get a thank you from out of a class of 25, 26 students. I'm lucky to get it from about four students. And you know what? It's not just at schools. It's everywhere. And in almost all situations, I can vouch and I can also put my hand up and admit that when I am at uni sitting there and when I my class has ended, I do not sit there and express gratitude. And there are so many other things like I'm at the gym, I've just done a smashing workout. I don't sit there and think and reflect and express gratitude. And I'm sure that everyone listening, at least some point in their day-to-day life, they can put their hand up and admit and take ownership of that and be like, you know what? I actually don't do that. And it's not our fault. It's the fast-paced, hustling society that we live in, especially here in the city. I think that the fact that everything is in a rush and everything is go, go, go all the time, you know, you're going from one meeting to the next, to doing this work, to quickly going home and doing some exercise, going for a run and then catching up with friends and holy shit, we don't even get the chance to sit and reflect and take a moment to pause and take in what we've just done. 
Half the time we get to the end of the day and we hop into bed and that's when we go, oh, and we just take a big sigh and we sink into the sheets and put our head on the pillow. And whilst that feels bloody great at the end of a really busy day, it often is an indicator that we're not pausing throughout the day to reflect and express our gratitude and appreciation for what we've just done. And you know what? I'm going to find a video on my camera roll of the kids in Cambodia saying their prayer and expressing their gratitude for the class, for us, for everything in that moment. And I'm going to chuck it up on the Don't Mind the Mess Instagram page. If you're not following, it's at don'tmindthemess.podcast. But when this episode releases, I will post a video of them doing it and you can see what they actually do. You can see the pure love when they sing their song. Thank you, teacher. Thank you, my friend. And you can actually see that instead of them running off when the bell goes, they're all there. Instead of them running off, they actually run up to you and give you a hug. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, none of my students run up to me and give me a hug. Like when I finish spending, you know, four hours of prep for a lesson, doing prep work and then delivering a 50 minute lesson. And I'm like, oh, there goes six hours of my life that I've just poured into this class. And they probably just walk out, not even remembering half of it, but that's okay. And Oh, the joys of being a teacher. But I think that implementing really effective gratitude practices throughout your day as things happen in your life and in your day is far more effective than occasionally just being like, you know what, I'm grateful for this. Yes, that's fantastic. But what I think the take-home message is, is being able to sit and pause, even if it's just for 30 seconds after you complete a task or have a meeting at work or connect with someone over coffee or catch up with your partner for dinner, is to just sit there and without talking, just to silently reflect and smile and think what a great moment I've just had. So that's the first thing that I noticed in Cambodia and with their culture and lifestyle. And the second thing that I noticed about Cambodians and about their culture is the fact that they genuinely, and I'm not saying this to be rude, but they don't know what the heck is going on beyond their small little town. I'm not saying that to be rude. I'm not saying that to sound privileged. I'm genuinely saying that they don't know that 13 hours away by plane in Australia or wherever you come from, that we live a totally different life to them. And you might sit here and think, yeah, they live in a third world country, but I see it as well, they live in a country where they don't have the pressure and they aren't consumed by social media, by the comparison and the comparative world that we live in, and they don't know any different. And you know what? If you're asking me to look at that, it's not a sign of, wow, look, they're missing out. That is a sign of they've actually won. They don't care 
that this person has a Lamborghini. They don't care that this person's on a yacht in Croatia, living it up, having wine, going partying. They don't see that I'm living here in Australia with a roof over my head, with a heater, recording this podcast on a Mac and sitting in a house that is warm with a family. And I think the point of all this is that they don't have any means to compare themselves to others or to look at an Instagram post and beat themselves up over the life that they don't have because someone else has it. And and I think that where we go wrong as a society is that there is so much pressure to be perfect and this idea of perfectionism on social media and around us, everyone is just competing for this idea of, I don't even know, like what even idea is it? Like, what is this idea of perfect? Like, oh, it, you know, nothing sickens me more than seeing influencers posting reels of themselves in Europe, dancing romantically with their partner and acting like it's all natural and not recorded and candid. And, oh, like in reality, you probably took about four hours and 300 shots to get that reel perfect. But, you know, like they, in Cambodia, they don't have these things in their face. They don't have this noise and this loudness and this type of media in their faces 24-7 that's skewing their perception of reality. And I think that today's culture, as good as it is in so many ways, I think that what we're doing wrong is that there is such a heavy and unrealistic expectation of everyday life, which makes it extremely difficult for anyone to ever feel like for one that they fit in and two that they are actually doing something right in their life because subconsciously they're constantly chasing to be someone else and someone that they perceive as hotter, cooler, prettier, more candid, um, everything's going for them. I guess I just want you to pay attention to the amount of times that you subconsciously change something about yourself to try and seek this perfectionism or this unrealistic expectation of a life that someone else on social media has and that you subconsciously want it. Whether it be the fact that you might take a hundred photos to get the perfect post or whether it be starting a business idea four times because the first three weren't perfect for whatever perfect may be in your mind. And when you catch yourself doing this, remind yourself of what it's like to live in a third world country and put yourself in their perspective and remind yourself that a 13-hour flight away and these people in Cambodia don't even know any difference. So who bloody cares if you're not this Insta influencer, if you're not TikTok famous, if you're not having a six-figure salary, if your life is just a bloody mess right now, all I want you to remind yourself is at the end of the day, we all do this and it's just the way that society has moved. But I think the more you're able to reflect on the fact that 
we are stuck in this society where social media and and technology has pushed us to move in such a fast pace that we are, for one, not grateful for the things that we have, and two, we're constantly chasing a life that's not ours and a life that we always want instead of just sitting back and being grateful and being happy with the life that we currently have. And so if you had to ask me what I learned from Cambodia, it's two things. It's that being grateful for the life that you have extends way beyond just thinking, I'm grateful for this or I'm grateful for that. It's actually feeling it and it's actually sitting there and being able to pause and reflect in the moment and feel the warmth that that experience brings you, whatever that may be in life. And the second thing that I learned is that comparison really is the thief of joy. And the more that we can learn to disconnect from the social media lifestyle and the more that we can disconnect from the need to compare ourselves to others and compare ourselves to someone else's life or a perceived life, then we're going to be able to live with more fulfillment, more happiness, more appreciation for life and therefore a greater life satisfaction. And before I wrap up this episode, if you're sitting here thinking, wow, Sarah has her life sorted out because she went to Cambodia and saw this firsthand, think again, because this episode has actually really helped me to keep myself accountable as well for some things that I often forget about. Um, Even though I do have a gratitude practice that I do every night before bed, I too forget to express my gratitude throughout the day as I do things. And I am also a sucker for Instagram and Facebook sometimes. And I can often subconsciously compare myself to others or change small, small, small things about myself because I saw someone else do it or whatnot. So um, I just want you to know that this is not a time to shame. This is a time to learn and this is a time to grow. And I hope that this episode has helped you and has provided you with some perspective about the world around us. And if there's any wisdom that you can take, I hope that you've taken some from what I've spoken about in this episode about Cambodia and the culture and the lifestyle that they live over there. If you're wondering what company I traveled through, it's a company called Challenges Abroad and they work with the Future Sense Foundation. I'll link them into the episode show notes as well if anyone's interested, but they were absolutely incredible. Their support um, during the trip was phenomenal. They cared for us. They were really supportive and they really knew their stuff, which I think is obviously something that you want when you're embarking overseas by yourself in a third world country with no one that you know. So it's 
if that's any advice from me, it's if you're looking to go overseas and do something like this, that company is fantastic. So that is it for now, guys. As I said at the start of the episode, I'm switching to Fortnite releasings for the time being. So be sure to follow and subscribe to the pod to make sure you don't miss out on those or you're not sitting there wondering why the heck haven't I posted another episode and released another app. And as usual, don't forget to rate and review the podcast as, as it's going to help me and the podcast reach new people so that I can help as many people as I can because that's my purpose in life. But thank you once again for tuning in and I hope you've been able to take something really valuable from today's episode. Ta-ta!